Yeah. Trust me, I know I'm from Arkansas and you know we brought it to Arkansas. So when I first saw the concept, I was like, oh, I get it. I get yeah. what they're doing. This is brilliant. They're yeah. taking sushi to the masses that haven't yeah. been, it, you know, yeah. they've not been invited to the game. So then when we brought yeah. it to Arkansas, and once again, with me being here, you know, some of my friends are like, oh, man, what are you doing, Chris? I don't eat my bait. <laughs> I hear that. I don't eat my bait. They're speakers, authors, and real-life rock stars, bringing you life-changing thoughts that rock, taking conversation all the way to 11. Most shows only go to 10. Well, it's one louder, isn't it? These go to 11. To 11. This is Thoughts That Rock. Now, here are your hosts, Jim Knight and Grant Menzoir. Happening, peeps. It's Thoughts That Rock, where we take challenging issues of today and reach out to really smart people, just fantastic guests, and they lay on incredible advice to whatever that challenge might be. This one uh, is a, is something new for us. Uh, we were we were sucked in from hello and. Um, Jim, tell, tell them a little bit about what, what today's guest is going to talk about. Yeah. Uh, well, I pitched. So first off, it's our good friend, Chris Kromolis. And I say our good friend. I know that you just had to meet, get a chance to meet him today. I actually was lucky enough yeah. to be the keynote speaker for his company, which is called Rock and Roll Sushi, which, uh, you know, you say the words rock and roll and sushi together. I'm like, yep, I'm all in. And I spent some time with the brand. I stayed a little bit longer, which I rarely get a chance to do. And Chris himself was such an interesting guy because he, you know, he's already a music aficionado. Um, he's got a great background working with with brands, but you know, he's from Arkansas, and and somehow mm -hmm. they connected him with sushi, which you know, I guess doesn't happen very often in Arkansas. I apologize for anybody who might be listening in the state right now. But I think he felt the same way. He's like, man, I love this brand. And, and in 2020, I think, he took over as CEO and now owns a couple of these things. They've got 62 locations. And so this is a brand that's trying to bring sushi to the masses. But yeah, I guess I could have gone in any direction because he's a CEO. And uh, he came with, well, I want to talk about how to use Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope in business. And mm -hmm. I said, okay. I don't even want to know what the three thoughts are. I mean, most of our guests don't give them to us anyway in advance. This one, we purposefully, I, I told you what the topic was, and you and I decided we don't want to know anything. Mum's the word. Let's see what he right. comes with, because that is such an interesting concept to use. I had no yeah. idea where we were going to go, and it pleasantly <clears throat> made so much sense, right? This episode generated the single greatest sentence in the history of thoughts that rock from one of his Arkansas buddies when he told him he was bringing rock and roll sushi to Arkansas. His buddy said, Chris, I don't eat my bait. Eat my bait. <laughs> and you and I need to have t-shirts made right now that says, I don't eat my oh, bait. That would be helpful. I don't eat my bait. Oh my gosh. What a great line. And, and what a great way Chris was able to take what he taught in this episode and use it yeah. to not only convert his friend into a rock and roll sushi fan, but a, an absolute lover of sushi yeah. now, which is, which is amazing. Yeah. He, he actually eats his bait now. <laughs> He's a bait eater. <laughs> okay. We're going to, we're going to cut this right here. You're going to love this. Listen to what he had to say. 
Chris Kremolis is here. He's finally hey. here. <laughs> What's up, buddy? Oh, man. All's good. All well. All well. Just enjoying this summer, getting it, you know, kicked off and, you know, no pun intended, but rocking and rolling. Yeah, man. So, Speaking of that, I'm I'm flying the colors today. I see That's that, good. man. Right. I love you've got your gear on. I've got mine on too, of course. I'm telling yeah. you. Yeah, I got to get right. mine. Uh, you know, yeah, it's like, uh, all right, we'll get you something cool in the mail. Like I need like the rock and roll, uh, California roll, something without fish in it. Cause I don't eat fish. So <laughs> I need that avocado nice roll, man. baby. Hey, we've got one right now with a uh, Koneka sausage in it. I mean, we're rocking. Oh, go. Is. Yeah. You know, we're, we're kind of twisting it and, uh, I love it up that. on its head a little bit. Well, right. and also you've got your, uh, rock and roll sake too so that's right that's coming real soon we have a meeting at the brewery uh in two uh weeks and i'll tell you what they're building quite the facility in arkansas they're going to make it the napa valley of sake in arkansas that's what I'm right. yeah i, I know the people it. behind it so i don't bet against them i promise that's amazing i, tell you, I was talking to brand in the intro i said man when, when i first got a chance to spend a little bit of time with you and the brand it's two of my favorite things. You say the words rock and roll and sushi, and that's what I get to hang out with. Man, I've been talking you up quite a bit. And awesome. honestly, we've even been talking about this topic. This is so interesting. We have not talked at all about what you're going to do. But when I was trying to share with Brant what topic we were picking for you, because, you know, we could have gone in a lot of directions. This whole idea of how to use Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope in business is like, it, I don't, I don't know where this thing's going to go, but man, I I'm expecting yeah. something interesting. So let, let's just, uh, let's just get this thing going, man, and turn it over to you. What is your first thought that rocks on this concept? Where did this well, come so, from? Okay. So first of all, I kind of, when I dug into, there's a great documentary and if you haven't seen it, it's a Ken Burns documentary. Of course, he's the, he's the man. The, the master. And, he did it on of Ollie. Yeah. and it, have you seen it? No, I it's, haven't seen that one. No, it's phenomenal. So I mean, you just learn about Ali and his, you know, career and all that. And um, you know, I didn't think it when I was watching the, the the documentary, obviously. But I thought about it later as you start to have these interactions with people, right? And I started to kind of put it together that um, when you look at Ali's career, right, and you look that he was in his prime. People say really in 1967, 66, 67, that's his prime. Yeah. And then he takes a three and a half year break, not you know forced because of the whole controversy with Vietnam and whatnot, but a three and a half year break, the guy does not fight in his prime. And then he comes back out and uh, only wins, like I think it's, you know, wins a few fights, fights Frazier, but the big story is he ends up fighting Foreman in 74. Yeah. And if you know anything about that, Frazier and Ken Norton had both beaten Ali by then, right? Mm. And Foreman destroys these guys in two rounds, both of them, right? Just completely obliterates them. And then Ali has to fight them seven years outside of his prime. So it's like a bully. It's like this guy, this unbeatable, this huge like task, like how are you even going to do it, right? And then this is the first time that Ali uh, brings in the rope-a-dope uh, technique because I mean, it was a, it was a major um, accomplishment that, you know, he got through it, but it was unbelievable. And he had to do something because really you couldn't come out and just immediately start 
fighting. So how did he do that? So I kind of started to think about interactions with people that are either, you know, they're these daunting figures or they're, they kind of come across as a bully or, or, you know, how am I going to deal with this situation? Cause I know they're just going to come at me. They're coming yeah. at me. There's something adversarial about the topic or what we have to go through, you know, and in business, you have a lot of those, you have these situations that you're already dreading and you know that the person that you're going to be, um, speaking with, or you know, it's going to be difficult. Yeah. Uh, and that can not all be business. It can be a family member. It can be a friend. It can be whatever, but it's just a monumental thing in your mind. Right. Hmm. And that can be kind of scary. So when you look at the rope dope method, the first thing you have to do is not come out and go out on the offensive. And that's what I liked about it. And it's really about breaking down your ego at first. Hmm. You can't go in with the ego because your first reaction is to fight back. Right. Yeah. To fight fire with fire and go at it. And if you know, like if Ollie would have done that with Foreman, I mean, forget it. Right. That fight's probably over just like it was for Norton and Frazier. And, uh, you know, could have gone really quick. And Ollie took this rope a dope method. And and so I had to look it up because I know what it is, but I had to look it up because I thought it'd be interesting for people that are listening to this that don't even know what we're talking about with the rope a dope yeah. method. And, and, and the before you go further, can, can can I ask, as you explain the rope-a-dub, because again, we might have people who, I mean, they may not even know Ali at all, but in this sports oh, wow. metaphor, are you are the three things that you'll eventually get to, the three steps of the rope-a-dub, or this is just the learning that you got? Because I know you want to explain what the rope-a-dub is, right? It's really, it's, it's both. It's, okay. I'm going to say okay. the way that like Ali used it, and okay. then how you can interpret that into a conversation or a negotiation awesome. or whatever, okay. when you want the outcome to go favorably for you in a yep. very, very difficult situation against is the wrong word, but with somebody that you know is prepared, they're coming at you yeah, and you know, it's going to be tough. Right. Yeah. Yep. So what I do in these situations, most of the time is, you know, you let that ego go and you're okay because what you find a lot of times with people they have to assert their power and you need to let them because yeah. there's like a breakthrough moment there when they kind of can do that. Right. So like in the rope-a-dope method uh, with Ollie first, it's letting go of that ego and it feeling like you're losing because the other person definitely thinks they're winning. And that's yeah. key because that's also psychological. Right. So he's coming at them and he's allowing that. And the rope-a-dope method is when Ollie used to go into the ropes and then take all these blows, but they're non like major injuring blows because yeah. he's able to use the ropes. Now he was really good at it too. Right? So not everybody can move like that, but he was able to take these vicious blows, but because he had the ability to kind of come back, they weren't really connecting. They weren't like knockout punches. Yeah. He had to take blows though. So when you're dealing with somebody and it's, it's a difficult situation, you do have to take those blows. And you do have to, sometimes they're hard and sometimes they hurt, but you can't fight back. That's not yeah. the moment. Yeah. So that's the first thought is, and you need to, you know, if you're not reading any stoicism or you're not looking into that, the whole ego and letting go of the ego, that's a very stoic thing. There's a reason those guys, you know, studied it hundreds of years and written hundreds of books on stoicism and the ego and um, mm -hmm. not being emotional and letting that go and accepting things for what they are. And I think that, if you look at Ali and then you look at the way um, you can apply it in your own life, it's to let go of that ego 
and let that person start at least feeling like they're winning because they've got to get that out, right? And that's okay. Yeah, yeah it's perfect. Yep. All I hear right now is frozen. <laughs> let it go, let it go. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, I, I love this because, uh, you know, I had some training in a former life when you're talking about dealing with conflict. And I, I remember this, this was a little bit more of a technique, but if you did it with, with the humble, you know, with the right heart, with the right spirit in mind, it doesn't come across like that. But there's this transitional phrase where if somebody is coming at you, coming at you, that you could probably use the line, man, that's so cool that you see it differently than I do. Right. And, and then that's it. Like it takes the wind out of their sail. You know, that that's more of a quick verbal compared to what you're saying. Like when you're thinking better, or like Ali did when he was physically taking the blows. I can totally see that. That is that that actually is some really smart business learning. I love it. Yeah. It's interesting. One of the things that I teach to people working uh, through developing and, and determining what their core values are. So so we get people down to what we call their flock of five black sheep values. These are values that like a black sheep's wool cannot be changed, right? And so once we get them to develop what those five are, the reason that we get them to do that is so that they can let go of everything that is not one of the five. The five are non-negotiable. So if it's something that gets in there with a non-negotiable and it really bothers you, then you have to address it. But if it's not one of the five, then it's not that important, even though you might want to make it that way. It's that's, that's emotion, that's ego, that's all that sort of thing. And so the idea of, of really, and I, and I think that this is, it's interesting in the way that you describe it. So I guess my question would be in this idea of going against the ropes and taking the shots and in my head, it's just, it's, it's Balboa, right? I mean, it's Balboa all day long with clubber Lang going, you ain't so bad. You ain't so bad. Right. That's, that's literally like getting him to tire himself out by, by just taking these massive swings and not really doing any damage. Right. The, I, I think one of the questions I would have is for someone who is, is looking at this from a business perspective would be, I would assume there's got to be a way you have to determine which blows are going to do, do you some harm, right? So like which ones, how do you determine which ones are like a knockout blow and which ones, you know, is a little body shot here and there that you can take? Is there, is there a way for you to decipher those, those different types of things and hits that you might take? Yeah, well, when I mean, go sure. below the belt. <laughs> true. True. I mean, you're literally, for, you're, you're looking for a ref at that point. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, hey, well, look, you know, sometimes you've got to reposition and get off the ropes. I mean, yeah. you can't just, you know, you have to know when you're taking too many, yeah. too many shots. And yeah. you have to reposition and you have to be tactical. And maybe you have to start asking, you know, a couple of questions. And, yeah. and those, th those will tend to move you off the ropes and out. And then, you know, then you can get back in another more, you know, comfortable position. And then you kind of understand where, where you yeah. stand. Um, but kind of the, the second thought on it is, or the second piece is when you are um, taking those blows, or like you said, you know, if you take some a little bit, you know, too hard or, or yep. they're really tough, is you're also um, being patient, right? And you're thinking, yep. and you can be tactical with questions. Right. You're still not really on the offensive at that point, but you're yep. still, you know, there's still engagement because it wasn't like Ali just sat there like this the whole time. Yes. Yes. You know, he was still mm -hmm. getting a couple little body yep. shots in and moving around and getting out off yep. the ropes and back on the ropes. But I mean, it's really the second part is just to, to listen and be quiet, yep. you know, and really use, as they say, you know, 
these two, not this one. That's because right. That's yeah. when you really start yeah. to, you know, engage further. And well, you're starting to learn too, right? Because yeah. when Ollie was back there, he was also, he wasn't with his eyes closed. He's watching and he's watching when those yeah. arms kind of start to go down and he's looking at when, you know, yeah. the body language and picking up little things. And you're doing the same thing when you're talking to somebody because you're listening. And when you let them purge and give them the power, they're giving you a lot of insight into what the pain is or what yeah. the problem is. Yeah. And then if you're sitting there thinking the whole time, you know, you're not just curled up in a ball. Yeah. You got to be paying attention and yeah. really using what's coming at you to get to the third step. Right. But I mean, that's yeah, yeah. the second part is you're paying attention, you're listening and yeah. asking questions. Yeah. I think it's, it's, um, it's interesting. If I think back to scenarios where you're, you're dealing with someone, they're very emotionally charged of whatever, whatever the scenario might be. If you let them sort of get that out, and and they and they drop their hands a little bit if you if you if you get what I'm saying they yeah. drop their hands just a little bit um, then then they're they're a little more susceptible to at least listening to what you're going to say or the question you're going to ask they're not they're not sort of so full of energy that their hands are up and they are just trying to knock you out with everything they say if you can tire them out just a little bit um, they become a, a little more willing to to listen in that moment I think if nothing else from sheer exhaustion of not getting what they want or just right, right. that emotional dump that comes out when, when you're dealing with somebody in that way. Well, and when people are fighting, punching, talking, right? Yep. You're kind of already expecting you to say certain things back. Yep. And the way you absorb the punch is more about, say, you know, because a lot of times I'll say, you know what? I've never really thought about it that way. I can see why yeah. you'd feel that way. That's yeah. absorbing the blow too. That's right. You're not agreeing. Right. Very important. You're yes. not agreeing. You're saying, but in their minds, they just want to be, most of the times people just want to be heard. Sure. And they want to be right. If you can, it's almost like the psychology where you're, you're not tricking them, but you're saying, wow, you know, I've never thought about it that way. I can totally see how yep. you would feel that way. Yep. And in their yep. mind, they're like, aha, well, I was right. 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 And, but then you're also, you know, you're setting that up yeah. and you're calming things down. You're settling yeah. things down. You're getting to the, you're trying to let them punch themselves out. That's right. Yeah. That's exactly right. Do, do you think, Chris, you know, I, this part that you were talking about, if you're talking about being patient and, and maybe a little bit more deliberate and you start asking questions, is that still a part of that first thought of, you know, not coming out on the offensive, you know, letting your ego go, or is that really sort of a second thought for you? Well, I think it's a second thought because I think the first one is monumental and that's letting your ego go. Yeah. Because that really just not being reactive. Yeah. I think that's really the hardest part okay. for most people because somebody will say something and they're emotionally charged and they're coming. You got to remember in a lot of these situations, they've planned some things that they're saying that they know or want you to be triggered by. Yeah. And they're already planning three steps in their mind, what you're going to say or how you're going to punch. Right. So like with Foreman, he probably knew if I do this and this, Ali's going to do this and this, and then he does it. Yeah. And then the script is flipped. It's changed. <laughs> it's not what you expected. So I think that first part of you not fighting back. Right. And, but having the power to, accept 
giving the power away. I mean, I really, you know, I just see it time and time again where that's the most difficult part. They can't get out of their own way because of their ego. Yeah. So I really Listen, do think the second part is a bit standalone because the first one's just so that makes sense. clear. Perfect. Listen, we'll be right back after this message. Welcome change agents to your go-to place for stories that ignite your spirit, fuel your purpose and connect us all. We believe in the incredible power of the human spirit, its boundless resilience, and the inspiration it brings to our lives. On the Driving Change Podcast, we'll journey together through the extraordinary, yet very relatable experiences of some of the most amazing people on earth. Our mission? That through these stories, we might just spark change within you and awaken a newfound motivation to harness your unique gifts to make a real difference in the world. So get ready to be inspired and join us on this incredible adventure. You can find the Driving Change Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you love listening to your favorite podcasts. So here, here's my question then, and, and I don't know if you had thought about this with how you're talking about it. This is more individual conflicts or, or dealing with people that have a different idea, perspective. If, if you put it into uh, a brand or business mindset, you know, and, and maybe rock and roll sushi is a perfect one. Do you think there are people that are coming to the brand who maybe sushi isn't their thing? Uh, you know, it, you're making it so much more approachable. You're doing it in a way uh, that you can go into states, perhaps that that sushi is just not it's not commonplace. Maybe people are worried about where they get fresh, you know, seafood or, or fish in general, do you think you could sort of use the same thing? Not that you're going to be taking blows, but maybe, I don't know, people are coming in like this. They've got a preconceived idea or maybe their idea of sushi was somewhere else. They're coming in and you're kind of, uh, you know, maybe maybe the rope-a-dope idea works on a little bit of a different level um, to then for you to be able to be approachable and to listen, to be empathetic and then go, you know, look, look at what we've done. It's almost a, let me under promise and over deliver. I may be reading too much into it, but is, do you think there's anything like that? No, I think there is because what it sounds like you're describing is a little bit more of maybe the sales process of somebody that's interested in being a franchisee. Is that kind of where you're going with it? And they're like, well, no, I mean, I, I guess you could for sure. I was thinking more as a guess. Like if you, I, let's say I'm not a sushi eater, like Brant, Brant, you don't really do seafood in general. Nope. to get you to maybe go in or to try, or we're all going as a group. And so you go. And so is it, is it sort of the rope-a-dope of I've got this rock and roll environment. I got cool people here. Look at the vibe. And now even the sushi seems very interesting. I'm willing to give it a shot. It, 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 again, I, I may be reading too yeah, much. No, you it. can, I'm because what you can do with that is once, you know, you you resort, you let them get that off their chest. I don't like sushi for whatever reasons. And then, you know, what don't you like about sushi? And then you're able to say, we fry that stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we make that stuff. We're not yeah. too proud to do all that. We'll put your favorite sauces on it. And if you still don't have them, we've got chicken hibachi, baby. Yeah. I mean, yeah. chicken yeah. hibachi. Yes. Perfect. That's See? Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what it would take for me. I mean, that's it's the truth, though. I mean, that's the... You know, it's funny. I, I even think back to, you know, early Starbucks days that uh, 
Starbucks was really just about the experience. I mean, their coffee sucks. It's awful. It's like an ash. It's like drinking from an ashtray. It's awful coffee. But but the ex- sorry, Starbucks. I hope they're not one of the sponsors. Of this <laughs> I'm just telling you, as a coffee snob, I would never drink their coffee under any circumstance. Um, but uh, uh, but um, but. People wanted the experience, and so they started serving tea. They started serving hot chocolate. They started serving some other things that allowed people to participate in the experience, even if they didn't like that main thing, the coffee that supposedly was what was going to bring you through the door. Um, And I think that's really smart on your part, because if it was just sushi and all I could get was that traditional sushi I'm out. Like, I don't, I don't want any part of that. Um, but if I know number one, you fry something, I might go, well, maybe I'll try that. Uh, but then the second part is, oh, you've got some chicken and it's more that hibachi style. Okay. Now, now I'm in, right? Like that's, that's completely different. But if I didn't know that going in, it is that, I mean, uh, you know, you're not even going to get me in the ring, forget about get me against the ropes, right? That's part of the whole deal. So. Oh, trust me. I know I'm from Arkansas and you know, we brought it to Arkansas. So when I first saw the concept, I was like, oh, I get it. I get yeah. what they're doing. This is brilliant. They're taking yeah. sushi to the masses that haven't yeah. been, you know, yeah. they've not been invited to the game. So then when we brought yeah. it to Arkansas, and once again, with me being here, you know, some of my friends are like, oh, man, what are you doing, Chris? You know, I'm, I don't eat my bait. <laughs> yeah, I don't eat my bait. <laughs> I don't eat my bait. <laughs> like, dude, get in here. Try a fried VIP roll. I'm going to crank up some Metallica. We're going to have a good time. Oh my gosh. And by the way, you're going to like sake too by the time this yeah. is over. So, I don't eat my bait is one of the greatest lines I've ever heard. Yeah. That's got to be on a t-shirt for Brad. That's a t-shirt. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. No, I mean, I hear it. But the, but now that we've been open for a few years, you know, I see these people in here and I mm-hmm. promise you, there's so many folks when I go in, it just makes me so happy that I promise had never eaten sushi before in their life. Yeah. They were curious. Yep. It was not approachable. They didn't really quite get it. They don't want like the raw fish aspect yeah. of it. But then you get them in, you talk to them, and they try this insanely awesome fried VIP roll with you know crawfish yeah. on top and stuff. And they're like, I didn't know yeah. that it could be like this. And then yeah. a funny thing happens. You see them about a year later and they're eating the Geary. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, you know, because yeah. ultimately they do realize, oh, wait a minute. You know, you know how it is. You, maybe they don't. There's some people that are like, never. I'm chicken abachi. You know, that's it. Yeah. yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. But you do see people that, you know, it's kind of like me. I didn't have sushi, I don't think, till I was like 26, 28, somewhere in there. You know, and I had to start with the California roll and kind of dance around it. Like, that's it. The gateway. That, yeah. It's <laughs> literally. Yeah. That's it. Yes. I'm still not there to eat. And, you know, there's some things that I haven't even crossed the line on yet in the sushi world. (laughs) But if you put me in the right place at the right time, that could change, you know? You fry it up and some sauces as well. Has done that. So that's an interesting way to, you know, the way you kind of presented it with the rope. Maybe we're doing some some of that. I just think there's some brands who could probably take that same mentality and it's not, it's not beating on your chest and saying, look how awesome we are. Cause you're only awesome until you're not, and it might not be everybody's cup of tea, but I think in, in the way that you're presenting your company, it's um, you know, we're just, we're, we're bringing it to the masses and we're going to do it in a very humble, approachable way, 
but we're going to follow it up with awesome product and awesome service and all the things that come with it. So anyway, I was just trying to make a little bit of a different connection there. But I so far, these first two, you know, don't come out on the offensive. You got to let that ego go. And then you got to be patient. Just listen a little bit more. Like you said, maybe ask some tactical questions to, to maybe make sure you understand What's the third thought that rock thoughts that rock thought that rocks? Let me get my own program. Well, it's the one that goes right with the whole rope a dope. You Ali would wait, and in the sixth round, and I don't do this by the way. In the sixth round, and Foreman tells the story great. He leans into Ali. He's like, "I gave him everything I had. I gave him everything I had." And he leans up to me and he whispers, "George, when are you going to really bring it? Is that all you got?" Yeah. And he said it messed him up in the head for the rest of his career. Yeah, This is a guy that destroyed everybody that went Mike Tyson on people before mm-hmm. there was Mike Tyson. I mean, yeah. it was yeah. like insane and it got in his head. So I think what happens is while you're taking the blows, you're giving up the power while you're tactically asking some questions, while you're learning, while you're watching, while you're paying attention and you're listening, it should start softening. And that softening is, someone punching themselves out for yeah, now yeah. they're no longer angry. I mean, you're really trying to diffuse like anger. You're trying to diffuse maybe some misconceptions and that's when you're listening and kind of the, like, I never really thought about it that way. Oh, okay. So they're listening. You know what I mean? That's all yeah. the punching themselves out. And I think once you know, and you see the body language, like the gloves dropping yeah, and you know, that's when you really finally come in with, and you need to be prepared what you really did want to talk about. But if you come out and you're talking right out of the gate, they're not listening. So in this strategy, you're really finally just getting the person to listen. Yep. And now you can have a thoughtful conversation. That's the punching, letting them punch themselves out. Yep. You've taken the, you know, the power you've given it, you've let them have it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. They've been able to go on the offensive, they feel a little bit better if it's done, you know, I'm not saying it works every time. Yeah. I mean, look, yep. you know, Ali got knocked on his ass by Frank. Yeah, yeah that's that right. After yeah. the road, but, you know, it doesn't work every time, but it works a lot. You know, it really does. Yeah. And then, I think, um, I yeah, think it's, it's interesting for me. It, I think of the mental game, right? And whether it's boxing, whether it, to me, any professional athlete, what, what separates the truly elite uh, professional athlete from, from just your uh, everyday average professional athlete is their mental game. Right. And that's part of the being, like you just said, you have to be prepared for whatever it is that you actually wanted to talk about. Once that opportunity presents itself, you know, I look at these, uh, you know, golfers who are incredible, they go out on the range and they're just you know, absolutely pounding balls off the range and they go out onto the course and they're at their local course and they're shooting, you know, 61s and they go to the local, you know, the, the, the little tour tournament that's going to happen on the, on the mini tour somewhere. And they get, they just get absolutely obliterated by the mind games that goes on with guys who will lean over and, and, and say those types of things to you right after you hit a, a you know, a, a, your, what you think is a great shot or you hit a really bad shot. The mental game is, is so much part of the end outcome um, based upon how strong are you uh, from, from the mental side of it, can you take those sorts of things and, uh, and not get wrapped up in them emotionally? And I think that that's, uh, as a, as a manager, as a new manager, um, one of the things I think happens a lot 
let's say they do the first two things really, really well, right? They, they, they give that power away, let that person express what they want to, they take their shots. Um, and, and when the opportunity finally presents itself to have a real honest conversation, their emotion takes over in that moment. And all they want to do is stomp on the person and squish them out to make them feel like, you know, who's boss. And, and I think that's part of a natural tendency, especially for people who are highly competitive. And a lot of times those are the people who end up rising the ranks and, and, and getting into more leadership roles because of that you know, want and enjoyment of competition in some way, shape or form. I think that you have to be prepared um, to put your ego in check at that last step. Otherwise you miss the learning moment. You miss that last little piece, which actually could, could change that person, could transform that talk, that relationship, that, that ability for them to communicate um, because you, you, you take your shot. When, you know, you've waited, you've waited, you've waited, and now you take your shot. You're just looking to knock them out. That's all you're doing. How do you teach somebody to, if they've done those two things and listen, you think it's easy, but trust me, if I get to that point, it's so tempting to just want to punch them straight in the face at that moment. Yeah, <laughs> How yeah, do you... Yeah, otherwise you defeat the whole purpose. I know. I know. This is why I'm not a manager at any place. <laughs> I have to work for myself because I want to punch myself in the face half the time. How do you teach that person to not take that shot after they've worked so hard to set it up perfectly? Well, it's the part you I mean, you've got to be prepared. I mean, yeah. you can't just do one and two and think three is just going to magically, you're going to figure it out. I mean, you are prepared because if, if you remember, you know, you already know what you want to say. You already know what you want to get out there in a reasonable way. Yep. You just, nobody's listening when they're wanting to talk, you know, mm. and that's yeah. the punching out part. So you're prepared at that point, you know, and you, you're reasonable and yeah. you've let all that, hopefully, yeah. hopefully you've taken those blows and you yeah. your ego and there's yep. not that little bit left and right there, like your point at the end where you're like, yeah. all right. Yeah. I'm gonna go <laughs> it's the it. Hulk, man. That's all. That's how all I hear is, is what's his name in the, uh, you're the Marvel expert, Jim. Uh, what, who's the guy who plays the Hulk? Hulk yeah, smash. Banner, Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce Banner. Yeah. Yeah. In the movie, they were like, well, how do you not, how do you control and not get mad? And he answers, I'm always angry. Uh, it's because I'm always angry. That's, that's literally was his trick. And I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people in that middle level, even higher level management that they are always angry, just, on, just beneath the surface. Right. And, and, and when you get to that moment, um, sometimes that anger takes over and they lose that opportunity to actually have some positive impact because it's been simmering and they've taken those blows and they're trying to, they're, they're, they're doing all the motions, right? They're yeah. doing everything that you told them to do. But when they get to that final moment, they choke. And that's, that's the real tough part, I think, especially for new managers who might find themselves getting worked up more emotionally. Um, when they first experience that sort of thing, they get, you know, they're, they're excited, they're hurt, they're angry, they, they're experiencing all these things at once. Um, but you gotta, you gotta make sure that, that, that anger doesn't seep through at that last moment. They're in the wrong gig. Yeah. We gotta promote them to customer. <laughs> <laughs> and unlike, unlike the part with, you know, the boxing, you're not knocking them out. You're really just trying to come to common ground and get the resolution or get what you wanted out of it at the yeah. end. You know, and that's yeah. really, that's winning. That's the ultimate yeah. goal. 
that's that's right. The outcome you wanted. That's right. I think if you were if you were talking about two people that have a difference of opinion, um, and, and I think that's where we started, and and you know maybe I threw in the brand piece, but really, Chris, this is this is service recovery. 101. You've just sort of truncated it down. If you're yeah. in retail or hospitality, yes. if you think about it, yes. the guests right. are going to be upset. And yeah. this, this is exactly let them vent. You know, yeah. there were some tricks of the trade I would learn to get down at, at their level so it wouldn't be where everybody could hear, but let them go to town, go off on you, because that's the first thing they need to do more than anything else is vent, tell their story, yes. what they're upset about. You maybe a few questions just to get some clarification, but then when you're done, I think the third part of that rope-a-dope is now I'm going to bring the thunder, not to disagree with them, but in the solution that you're going to bring. You already right. now thought, I listened, I get it, I know what they need, and what I'm about to lay on them is going to be so favorable for them <laughs> that when yeah. I turn around, I can almost drop the mic and go, I totally just crushed that 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 issue. That, and maybe it might actually make the experience maybe even better than what they were expecting in the way that a manager can solve the issue. So, I mean, this is sort of a, this is a, a, yeah, a nice really thing that people think about. Yeah, because ultimately you're trying to get to a win-win or yep. if nothing else, a perceived win-win. Sure. Right? Because it doesn't have to be clear wins, but right. a win-win where everybody feels like they walked away, you know, without getting dinged. Yes. Yeah. You know, you know what I'm saying? So I yeah, think that, totally. yeah. And then you're like, okay, it's reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But with the guest, with the guest um, responses, I mean, you know, in our industry and in a lot of industries right now, I mean, the guests have a voice like they've never had before. The guest time. recovery and responding to reviews and all that, there are people that are just terrible at it. And yeah. we are trying to get better at it. It's harder the bigger, you know, you get because you just have more and more reviews. But the, the better you can get at getting those win-wins out of it, yeah. um, that's what you've got to get. The customer has to feel like they, you know, they understand, like you said, they were heard, they get to vent. And then you have the opportunity to ask the questions and maybe even frame it where it wasn't, where they know that you didn't wake up that morning and your sole goal was yeah. to forget the soy sauce, just so they know that <laughs> that wasn't why I woke up today. Realize <laughs> like, man, I'm going to leave it free to be order today. And I think once you humanize it and do that, and then everybody, yeah. and then you get to, you know, take care of them, then you get that win-win and kumbaya and everybody's happy. My and only recommendation actually elevated your brand can yeah. be elevated or, or even yourself <laughs> in a conflict. If you show the willingness to listen, work, negotiate yeah. and come up with a win-win. Yep. Totally. My, my only recommendation would be no matter how much he begs you, I would not put brand in that managerial. <laughs> listen, <laughs> I know, I know my role, baby. I know my role and it is not, it is not in that position in any company. I'll tell you right now, because I, I do not do well when I get disrespected by, by anybody and especially a customer. You don't, you don't want me serving them because I promise you, I will not be handling it in the way that I should be. Hey, it can be hard. Words hurt. Yeah. You know, yeah, they do. I got to get you the uh, daily stoic. Do I need to send you a book? I know Ryan holiday. I know his books. I know. Yeah. Daily I, I always wonder if he practices what he preaches because yeah. it's harder than it sounds. Uh, trust me, I wish I had a video camera to see him in his office behind the scenes. I'd love to <laughs> show the daily stoic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So this has been awesome. I, I had no idea where we would go. One of the greatest titles that we've had in our podcast history, man. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. And it makes sense. 
it's not even uh, fuzzy math on here. I mean, I think people yeah. could really listen to it and go, yeah, I could totally get better at how I deal with people who maybe have a different opinion or different idea, or maybe really we're at polar opposites and we're going to come to blows. It's brilliant, man. Where, where, Chris, can people get a hold of you or learn a little bit more about you or for sure rock and roll sushi? Yeah, well, I mean, LinkedIn, you know, you can find me on LinkedIn. And then obviously you can find Rock and Roll Sushi at rockandrollsushi.com. You can find us, us at Rock and Roll Sushi Official on all the other, you know, social pages. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's the best way. That's the best way for sure. Awesome. Oh, fun, man. This was awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, spending a little bit more time with you. And somehow I'm going to get Brant into a rock and roll sushi. It's I'm in. Yeah, well, I'm you know, we, won't, we won't be too far from you soon in Tampa. I mean, it's still yeah. not your neighborhood yet, but it's coming. It'll like be, it. we'll, be in, we'll be in that Orlando market soon. I like yeah, it. I had a I had a dinner with some of your uh, franchisees just recently, and they were talking about they're starting to actively lick in Orlando, too. So, yeah. We'll get you even closer to where we are in Central Florida. Yeah, hey, man, this was great. so great to spend a little bit of time with you. And uh, we're going to send as many eyeballs your way as possible. It was great. Awesome. Well, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. Jim, always good getting to see you, Brent. Good to meet you. And uh, I had Thanks, a lot Chris. of fun. It was awesome. We'll talk to you soon, man. Rock on. All right, man. Rock and roll. Hey, rock stars. Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah, and listen, we know how busy you are. Grabbing those little nuggets of wisdom that can amp up your life are super hard to come by. So we hope this episode helped you enough for you to maybe subscribe and consider leaving us a rating and a review so that we can continue to grow the show. Das That Rock is a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network and also supports Cannonball Kids Cancer and their fight for finding and funding treatment options for kids who have run out of options. They're amazing. Their work is incredible. To learn more, please go to cannonballkidscancer.org. Finally, if you're interested in having Grant or Jim or both of us speak at your event, whether as a virtual webinar or an in-person conference keynote or mastermind, contact us directly at thoughtsatrock.com. Until next time, rock, rock on. Ever heard of stoicism? Chances are, if you have, you've heard of stoicism with a lowercase s and not stoicism with an uppercase s. Lone wolves, no emotions, antisocial behavior, cold, indifference, all that is Stoicism with a lowercase s. Stoicism with an uppercase s is the ancient Greek philosophy and virtue ethics framework that centers on service to the cosmopolis, to include your family, friends, community, and planet, and the development of a good moral character. My name is Tanner Campbell, and I'm the host of Practical Stoicism, a three-times-a-week podcast teaching Stoic principles and concepts to anyone interested through the exploration of texts and deep dives into various moral topics. You can find Practical Stoicism where you're already listening to podcasts by searching for Practical Stoicism or by going to stoicismpod.com. I invite you to give it a listen today. You just might like it.